0: Studio C.
2: C Senior.
0: Oh boy. Welcome to another episode of the Armstrong and Getty Program deeper than the
2: Bowels, the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. Today we're on the tutelage of our general manager. Truly an honorary general manager today, Jack, because we are going to salute someone after they have passed. Okay. After they have died. Our general manager today, Oscar. I believe the Oscars died last night and will never be spoken of again. I don't even care enough to mention it. So Yeah,
0: I know. (laughs) Um, Boy, thank God you don't live in India. Thank God right now you do not live in India. Yikes. And um, we'll give you some of the numbers later, but holy cow. I think India is what the United States would have been if we hadn't gotten the vaccine out as fast as we did. That's what
2: happens when a variant hits a big country. And you don't have the vaccine, COVID yep. nightmare Da-da-da-da. in India. I <laughs> Michigan is getting hammered hard. Younger people being hospitalized now.
0: Yeah, they don't have giant piles of bodies that they're burning like they are in India, though. So, oh not no, oh, I'm just same said
2: saying close to hard. Oh, it's not a contest. I'm just saying Michigan is uh, seeing the ravages of the the variants as well. Um, it's not quite over yet. I I, I wish
0: somebody could do a model someday. So people would fully understand the bullet we dodged. I don't think most people realize how close we came. I think scientists have, you know, will be able to figure it out. I think we came within a month, maybe weeks, of like not quite being ahead of this with the variants going around and just well being like India. Just wow. the, that original fear that we had where you know hospitals run out of space and they're choosing who to f- help and who to just let die and all that sort of stuff that didn't happen in the United States. And uh is happening all around india because the variants you know they kill a lot they 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 uh, they're worse for you and they travel so much faster and without the vaccine you're just doomed
2: right right well yeah that's an interesting thought I wonder how close we did come uh, it was bad enough yeah and then you know honestly still could be among the unvaccinated but nah. Yeah, you know that'd be fine you think i, I oh, yeah I Washington get, State, fourth
0: surge, fourth. I get my second shot on uh, Wednesday. looking forward to that.
2: Yeah, you know, we have an email coming up from a guy who says, look, I'm not a risk. I'm not getting it. I, I just, you know, you I do what you some,
0: do. I talked to somebody yesterday, a buddy of mine who said, yeah, I uh, haven't gotten it yet, and I don't know if I need to. So am I might not. Well, do what you think is right. Um, I just heard something so angering on NPR. So I'm just trying to, just trying to let it go.
2: Mm. Wow. Let it go. Interesting. You're angry. I'm just, I'm just beaten down by the world. Around I come whole, to work. Oh, yeah, this no kidding. Normally I'm so angry excited to come to work which is a blessing trust me Uh, i i love doing this but today for some reason i'm just like just worn down well here's,
0: here's something you and i both need to remind ourselves of that we i think we forget sometimes uh, we get to talk about whatever we want to, so True we don't have to engage in any of the freaking stupid conversations at the stupid level that they happen. And uh, one of the reasons I'm thinking of that is our friend Craig passed along a podcast to me over the weekend that I was listening to. And it was one of those your intellectual dark web podcasts. You know, these long podcasts that not that many people listen to, but, you know, a chunk. You know, a lot of them get millions of listens and stuff like that. Sure. And I thought, it, it gives me hope that there are podcasts out there where there's nuance, where there are people, you can't even tell what their politics are by listening to them. You would not be able to tell if they vote Republican or Democrat by listening. Well, that sounds kind of like that. Well, I then just, how do I know if I like them or not? You sound like this on this issue, you sound like that on that issue, and I think, wow, there still are people who think that way, like grown-ups, like smart people... And uh and it's it just out there and there's a, this, an that audience is
2: so 20th century please. An
0: audience although it's small I'm hoping it's 21st century. And what you know what a lot of talk radio and all of cable news is 20th century. I think it's the I'm hoping that's the last gasps of freaking stupid conversations for stupid people. Or people who, who people just are unwilling to admit there are nuances to uh, to all these issues. Like this woman I heard on NPR, so this is a... (laughs) No, you couldn't let it go. (laughs) I'll give you an example.
2: (laughs) Sean, this is part of the healing.
0: (laughs) It's actually from ABC this week, but I... It will
2: probably be entertaining.
0: Go ahead. It was from ABC this week. Let it out. Let it all out. And, you know, an example would be... That's a perfect example. That show. Back in the day, not that many years ago. eh, Depends on how you look at it, I guess. 20 years ago. You, you always had the three the three same guests on the round table every single week: Sam Donaldson, Cokie Roberts, and George Will. George okay. George Will.
2: Yeah, a lot of blow, Sean. I mean, <laughs> she looked like she'd been eating powdered sugar donuts George, every day.
0: George Will, conservative, but not bombastic, not a fight picker at all. Sam Donaldson, who by today's standards, you know, is, is just so soft but was the wild-eyed liberal, but just still reasonable, willing to, you know, well, let's agree to disagree conversation. And then Cokie Roberts completely, you know, let's not fight about this. That's what ABC This Week used to be. Right. Every single Sunday. Now they have on three or four people so wildly to the left. If you ever had anybody that wildly to the right on one of those shows, people's heads would explode. I mean, just freaking crazy people, wokest communist lunatics. Yeah. And then, and then one person that's kind of supposed to be a Republican who every 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 now and then throws
2: in a, yeah, but what about? So, they keep him duct taped in the basement and threaten to beat him. So this
0: one woman was going on and on and on about uh, racism in our policing and, uh, and, and naming off names of people that have been shot and everything like that. Uh, Chris Christie... Pulls pushes back against that a little bit with them being different things, and and George Stephanopoulos, the host, even says you got to admit there's a point there, right? That these cases are different; they're not all the same. You know, the point being, in some cases, it's clear to anybody with a mind that you're going to get shot if you do that, whether you're uh, white, black, or purple. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the woman says. We have systemic racism. You don't get to cherry pick which cases you apply to systemic racism. I carry trauma in my body. And then she mentioned the name of some book that we're supposed to read. Black people carry trauma in their body for generations the same way white people carry white privilege in their bodies for generations. And I thought, I can't imagine anybody from the right saying something that out there and crazy that would be on network TV. We're carrying trauma for generations.
2: It's in our genes. Well, it's racism is what it is. It's applying attributes to your race. Sure. Now, that's some lovely poetry, but uh, it's not logic. Certainly not an argument. Although, that's right. Logic is a vestige of white supremacy. You can't appeal to it.
0: So to get back to my uh, hopefulness... The podcasts that are out there, and I hope this show on occasion, where where nuance is allowed, and you know, I feel this about this issue and this about this issue. but the, on that issue, you'd be Democrat. I don't care on this issue. You'd be I don't I don't think about it
2: that way. All yeah. right, and and normal people shouldn't. No, no, I think they do to an extent that makes you and me uncomfortable. It's just—it's uh, again. You go to the identifiers, the descriptors people use on shows, social media, or whatever. Who—who who are you? Tell me about you. And the first thing, maybe the second, they'll say is their political uh, uh, side. I just don't—I don't know. On the other hand, again, we can do whatever we want and, and succeed or fail at it. Yeah,
0: I'd rather not fail.
2: I uh, met my new doctor the other day, went to the doctor, okay. great doctor, energetic, helpful, curious listener, just terrific. And then the subject of coffee came up somehow, and he, he admitted he can't drink it black, and I thought less of him.
0: Because <laughs> he puts cream in his coffee?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's girlish, it's no offense to girls, it's uh it's soft. It's it's failing to take on coffee as God gave it to us. Mm. Polluting
0: I, it. i do it as a cooling agent, really. If my coffee is not, so hot, my coffee's not so hot, I'd rather drink it black, but Yeah. Usually Man, I, I need my coffee, coffee oh. right freaking now. Right, I hear that. And if I don't have ice cubes. Anyway. Uh, how do you drink your coffee? Text line four one five two nine five 295 <laughs> don't, no, don't, don't we don't care. I'd I don't like care. to know I like two lumps of sugar in mine. How about this? People behind the scenes at convenience stores. What is that cream you have? What the <laughs> hell is that? It doesn't taste anything like it, within a hundred miles of it, a cream like substance. Wow, that stuff that squirts out of your machines. I've talked about before how. Uh convenience stores decided they need to compete with the Starbucks of the world to keep sure. their coffee money coming in, yeah. and so they've got the what they think is fancy coffee and it's just a disaster their their mocha machine their cream thing it's just it tastes like chemicals and urine i don't know it's oh, just boy. I what does it say that? that cream changes, Jack,
2: depending on whether the employee's given us two weeks or not <laughs> oh, oh man. Lord, that stuff is rough. Well, and I'm certainly, it's formulated so that it can never go bad. That's it's probably It's like McDonald's it. milkshakes. That's
0: probably it, so they can load yeah. it in early in the morning and just leave it there all day long. Right. That might be it. Yeah,
2: nasty.
0: Uh, let's introduce somebody in the squad. It's teamwork that makes the dream work. There's our board operator. I'm sorry, technical director, Michelangelo. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hired this morning, Mike? Oh, boy, my ribs sore this morning from all the laughing last night watching the Oscars. That was... You actually most, watched? No, I actually did watch some of wow. it. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it was... I need that my time back. I could it not possibly bring myself to figure out what channel it was on or anything like that. Didn't even make the slightest effort. What's a channel wow. to watch uh, the Oscars, well, on YouTube or anything. I, I just I, I couldn't make you. the
2: tiniest effort. Probably the first time in my life and you I know, probably never funny. will again. I was seized by a momentary bit of I don't know what, nostalgia or something. I thought, "Ah, what the heck? I flip it on." Uh, the presenter girl, uh woman, she's a, a fine director from what I'm told, uh, she launches into her speech and uh, starts going political and says, now I know a lot of you're tempted to reach for your remote control. And I thought, eh, that's too perfect. <laughs> and I reached for my remote control, and I was uh, gonzo. I preeminently
0: didn't uh, find my remote control. There's positive Sean, who smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean?
1: Doing quite well. So uh, you missed how it was—it was, it was uh, hosted in a train station or something yesterday. I thought that was a little weird. Yeah, I, heard I, was, oh. I heard it was
0: a couple of blocks from Skid Row, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I—I th- I didn't see all the. Mo- this was the fewest amount of Oscar movies I'd seen going into the Oscars of any time. But I did watch a, a movie over the weekend, and I cannot wait for next year's Oscars. When Mortal Kombat wins for Best Documentary. I think this is going to be... Uh, I think it's a shoo-in. Awesome. A, it's, it's a story about how Sub-Zero and Scorpion... Just a, a centuries-long feud. Uh, you know, the, the little Oscar clip that they'll do. You know, when they they talk about it. And then they show like a little 20-second clip. Sure. It'll be the part where Sub-Zero stabs a guy... Blood squirts out. He freezes that blood into some sort of no, a new stabbing device. Oh, no. And <laughs> stabs him again with his <laughs> oh, own blood. Wow.
4: Ironic. Yeah.
1: Stabs him with his own blood. Brutality. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So best documentary next year. That's my prediction. Lock it up. Uh, Excellent.
0: I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It's Monday, April 26th, the year 2021. Where Armstrong
2: and Getty, and we approve of this program. Here we go then. Officially, according to FCC, rules and regs at Mark. The problem isn't that I don't get what you're saying or that I'm old. The problem is that your ideas are stupid. Wow. (laughs) Bill Maher bringing it. Love it. That's so
0: good. That sounds like something up my alley. How does mailbag look before Uh, we take a break? Oh, oh, it's an
2: outstanding Monday mailbag. Really good.
0: Our Monday shows are pretty good. I'm not sure I'd tune into our Tuesday shows, but our Monday shows are pretty good. Got a whole weekend worth of news that I'm uh, ready to talk about and bring facts on stuff. All that stuff on the way. We had the text line 415 295 KFTC.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
4: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Funny, funny picture of Chuck Schumer watching the Oscars, of course he does, with an ice-cold plant-based beer, it says.
1: <laughs> How on brand is that? He's watching from approximately the same distance that I used to watch Transformers as a child on Saturday morning like <laughs> he exactly his face
0: practically up against the
2: screen. The chair wow. could not be closer. <laughs> oh, you know, here's a little contrast for you. Did you see the uh, interview on CNN that Dana Bash did with uh, Kamala Harris? They both been fully vaccinated and they're sitting like 20 feet apart. It's hilarious. They're sitting yeah. at opposite corners of the, and I want to talk about that. Yeah. Because that is weird. This, this whole COVID thing is turning
0: so strange. On the back end, yeah. And it's kind of reversing roles to a certain extent.
2: Oh, yeah. 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 The whole Corona thing. That was not a very good description. The reason we do, or the lack of reason for what we do and how we do it is is turning so odd. Two completely vaccinated people. just You, you could barely throw a baseball between them. They're so far apart. <laughs> for what? I don't know. The, I don't know. Yeah, we yeah will, I know. We will have to talk about that. Mailback. I was trying to decide who to go with uh, for freedom-loving quotes of the day this week, and I decided on the late, great Abraham Lincoln just because he a a dang old quote machine.
0: Abe Abe Lincoln, the current Secretary of State?
2: No, indeed, Abraham Lincoln, the Illinoisan, the 16th President of the U.S., the great emancipator. I love this. I was unfamiliar with this Lincoln quote. Okay. Give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. Okay, I get it. Think about it. Think about it. Let's see. Skyler from Beautiful Eagle Mountain, Utah, writes uh, on Friday's show. You're wondering what goes on in the mind of people who say they won't get the vaccine. Uh, I'm 36 years old, healthy. Understand the miracle that is the vaccine, but understand statistically, I don't really need it. I'll get just as sick from the corona or less as I will from the vaccine. It's not actually true. I mean, statistically speaking, that's the likelihood. I just, to me, it's a uh, it's a precaution with no downside. I, I mean the the one in many millions of people who actually has a reaction just it's not significant.
1: Is I I don't need my seatbelt, but I still should wear it every time I get in the car. A fair parallel.
2: I yeah you know the numbers are different, but it's it's a decent metaphor. Anyway, do what you do what you think you ought to do. Um, just don't whatever decision you make, don't make it about politics or culture or anything like that. Be be smarter than that. Oh, let's see. Oh, I love this. Uh, T in SoCal writes, I was concerned to hear your discussion of a judge's ruling requiring the city of L.A. to find shelter for all of the homeless, in quotes, on Skid Row by October 18th. Given the equity revolution sweeping our nation, I fully expect to get a knock on my door from the Department of Equitable Housing, stating that the most recent census data indicates that I have a four-bedroom house, but only enough people in my household to fill three bedrooms so please meet jim the junkie who will now be occupying the fourth bedroom that you don't use because he needs it more than you do wow jim the junkie (laughs) well hello jim Uh, let me show you to your room uh, L.C. with his quote from James Clear, who is an author. Ambition is when you close the gap between your circumstances and your expectations. Entitlement is when you expect others to close the gap between your circumstances and your expectations.
0: Ah, that's pretty good. That is good. I could have used that on my children this weekend.
2: Oh, my. Were they feeling a little <laughs> entitled?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you what my youngest son said about that, too.
2: Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. It's good stuff.
0: Uh, boy, so many things to talk about. I can't tell you what it is. Dang it! Dang it! The
4: son of a! Armstrong and Getty.
2: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything.
0: Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business.
2: Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday,
0: I will call upon you to do a service for
2: me. Play the Godfather,
4: now at chumpacasino.com.
0: Welcome to the family.
3: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
4: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., Even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own.
1: It is my hope that all of us would teach our kids and not only to remember just refuse hate. I refuse to hate someone because they are Mexican or because they are black or white or LBGTQ. I refuse to hate someone because they are a police officer. I refuse to hate someone because they are Asian. So anyone who wants to meet me in the middle to refuse hate, To refuse blanket judgment, this one is for you, too. God bless you, and thank you, Academy. I appreciate it.
2: Well, that's not very woke. No, no. I demand he be canceled, whoever that fellow was. Troubling. Tyler Perry. How dare you? Actually, Bill Maher was on fire. He was so great. Hang on a second. What's that? Well, there are my, my clips. We got to get to him at some point. He's explaining how your woke ideas are. I'm not rejecting them because I'm white or old or it's because they're stupid and they don't work. It's just beautiful. So we'll do that. Oh, I love this from the New York Times talking about the uh, oxers last night. And then we will cease talking about that non-event. I can't talk
0: about it because I don't know anything about it. On purpose.
2: Sunday's broadcast on ABC was more like a cross between the Golden Globes and the closing night banquet of a long, exhausting convention. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. And with that, we we move on. I crossed over. What is it you always say about the opposite of love is not hate? It's apathy. Yeah.
0: I just, it's not a, I'm not going to liberal Hollywood. No, no, I got none of that.
2: I just, I have no interest
0: in it. Same reason I don't watch golf tournaments. I just have zero interest in who right. won the tournament.
2: Yeah, I flipped to uh, Fox News this morning, and their their lead was something about the Oxers. Okay, and 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 I thought,
0: uh, it's just not, uh, not up my alley. Culture wars. Nah, it's just, they're, no, they're so obnoxious, they've lost us. This is one of my favorite teases of all time. Ooh. This calculator will tell you how many followers you need to quit your job. <laughs> yes! The exact number of followers I need to figure out how to get, whether it's snorting cinnamon or... Uh, <laughs> You know, your drilling, drilling holes in my head Or yeah, yeah, I'm not good looking enough to go that direction but, uh, How many followers do I need Before I can quit my job? We'll get to that later Super So for some reason, well I actually know the reason It goes back to FDR uh, Presidents are judged at the 100 day mark It's an arbitrary stupid thing It uh, doesn't mean anything but. but I like round numbers <laughs> I like round numbers 100 is more than ninety nine, But that's what I would. Um <laughs> So the everybody was releasing all kinds of poll information on the 100 days of Biden which was yesterday or tomorrow or sometime. Um and I thought it was interesting that the all of the uh, mainstream media's take was how much higher he is than Trump in his approval rating. That's what you whatever gonna, that whatever. makes <sighs> that makes you a winner. That makes you uh uh wow that's interesting. Trump had famously the lowest approval rating of any president in modern history throughout his entire presidency. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't use that as my standard of success. All right. Well, unless I was Joe Biden, then I would. If I followed sports enough to uh, to name a bad basketball team or baseball team, I would say, oh, well, we're a lot better than you know, fill in the blank. The Sacramento sure. Kings, I know, are a terrible basketball team. We're winning more more games than the Sacramento Kings. All right. Well, that's not enough to, like, you know,
2: (laughs) be proud of. But,
0: again, any port in the storm. I think this is worth mentioning. At 100 days, and this has got more to do with where we are in America, I think, than Biden himself. Uh, At 100 days, Biden's job approval rating at 52%, other than Trump and Ford, is the lowest of any president in the modern polling era. that gallup Gallup has been keeping track of he's got the third lowest approval since gallup started keeping track way back in the early 20th century and at 100 days and uh if you take out ford and trump ford an obvious reason because just there was so much hatred of that party for watergate and trump is his own special thing so uh, you take out two outliers which i think are fair to take out biden's got the lowest ever but sure. that's and again, I'm not blaming him for that. I just think it's where we are as a culture. You're not going to get much beyond the people in your party because we root for a party, not a person. We 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 performatively performatively answer polls for some reason.
2: Well, and also it used to be that a Republican who was elected president would be a fairly moderate Republican. A Democrat would be quite a moderate Democrat. And so you couldn't gin up much dislike on the other side just because there was very little policy difference. Hey, quick question. Uh, Ford, at what point did he announce that he was going to pardon Nixon? Wasn't it quite quickly? I have to look that up. Can you look that up? Because that's the story behind his low approval rating. When did Ford pardon Nixon? If he did
0: that, Prior to his first 100 days, and I think he did, well, then, oh, yeah, I, yeah, that explains... I think it was almost immediately. That explains his approval rating completely. Yeah, and then, almost, surely it had to get That had to be all the talk in D.C., right? What are we going to do? How much are we going to punish the old man? Let's get him. Let's get him. Sure. Right. And then he made, I think, the uh, historically correct move of pardoning him, so we didn't get wrapped up in that for years, uh, but just got ruined in his approval rating. Um, COVID is ravaging India, as we mentioned Twitter admits, so remember Twitter's got this rule in the United States that if you say anything negative about the government's handling of the pandemic, you get blocked or you get your account closed because that's uh, spreading, I don't know, rumors or misinformation. You can't disagree with the government, which is a weird thing on Twitter. Yeah, Yeah, Um, thanks, Jack. They're doing it in India where the government is lying left and right about how they're handling The worst COVID eruption on planet Earth since the whole thing began. In the end, India is going to be far and away the worst uh, example of of devastation by by, uh, COVID. Twitter admits it's working with the Indian government to censor criticism of the government's mishandling of the pandemic. Wow. There's something to be proud of.
2: Unbelievable. Yeah, I was just reading that Freedom House, which surveys governments and people around the world to rate their amount of liberty, uh, rates India as somewhat free but trending toward totalitarianism. Under Modi? Old Modi is a a strong man, yeah. Mm.
0: What uh, did you come up with on uh, the the pardon there? It
1: was a presidential proclamation issued by the president uh, on September 8th, 1974. So I don't think that's one first 100 no, days, right? No. Yeah.
0: Well, no, 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 it was not. Well, I don't know. That's right. He didn't take over at the beginning of a term, so I don't. I'd have to know. I don't All remember right. when Nixon resigned.
4: <sighs> that's a weird
2: first 100
0: days, anyway, because you leap into the middle of a uh, a term.
2: August 8th, 1974, Nixon resigned, and when was the pardon? September. September 8th. So yeah, it's within right. a month. Okay.
0: So there you go. Right. That's why his approval rating was so low, and Trump is what he is. So I think you could pretty clearly make the argument that Biden's got the lowest approval rating. No, I I don't
2: think you can. No, do not skip over Trump is the way he is. You need to painstakingly replay the election, the transition, and the first couple of months. Everything, all of it. The P hats, Madonna, all of it. The P hats. (laughs) (laughs) The meow hats.
0: Uh, If you are a climate change skeptic, boy, do I have some good stuff for you. Hmm. From a guy who was undersecretary of something or another in the Obama administration,
2: it's an impressive title.
0: Um, yeah, you know, I'll get it for you when, when I actually get into the particulars of it. Sure. But uh, I was amazed to read this. Uh, you won't see it a lot of places, I'm sure. He was Obama administration's Department of Energy undersecretary,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and he says, um, "When it comes to the science," in quotes. He said, to paraphrase the Princess Bride, I do not think the science says what you think it says. <laughs> <laughs> well, throws in a Princess Bride reference as well. I like this guy. You might um, want some of this information to throw at your friends or uh, relatives or whatever on this topic. Among other things on the way, and how many followers do you need to quit your job today? you going in on Monday, you're probably thinking, I hate this sticking job. <laughs> Maybe if I had this many followers on YouTube or Twitter, I could quit.
2: Yeah, well, it's more than we got, I promise you. <laughs> Stay here.
4: The Armstrong and Getty Show. So
0: we'll have to get to the Battle of the Joshes that happened over the weekend. I don't know if you were following this,
2: but... I was not.
0: Early in the pandemic, a guy named Josh said, all right, there are too many Joshes. And he posted that uh, a year from now, we're all going to get together and fight. The last man standing gets to keep the name Josh. Everybody else has to change their name.
2: How did I not hear about
0: this? And so hundreds and hundreds of Joshes met in one particular point over the
2: weekend and fought it out. For the, Seriously, for the best. For oh, yes, yeah. Josh. Yeah. A giant physical melee. Was it like a, a, a sixty fourteen tournament or on the wow. way? Wow. All right. No, it was
1: Royal Rumble style.
0: Stay tuned. Wow. Um. I not not to, not to bore people with uh, saying something you've heard before or acting like you give a crap about what I think about climate change, but I don't <laughs> think about climate change. Uh, really, ever for whatever reason, I've just decided to bow out on that. I was happy to hear one of my favorite, like, public into intellectuals. I was listening to a podcast the other day, like one of those super smart, genius type. You know, it's I, I, I I'm in awe of the guy's intellect. And climate change came up, and he said, "I got to tell you, that's one topic I don't know anything about." And I thought, okay, cool. Mm. You get to pick and choose what stuff you know about. There are things I do know quite a bit about. This is not one of them. Yeah, I
2: despaired of getting solid information. Just everything was spin all the time, and so I just kind gave up. And I never even tried, mm. for whatever reason. It's liberating.
0: Um, and the New York Post had this article that I wish was not in the New York Post, because some people don't take it seriously, uh, and we should get traction. Again, it's from uh, the Obama administration's undersecretary for science in the Department of Energy who opens by saying about climate change, if I may paraphrase the Princess Bride, I do not think the science says what you think it says. Both research literature and government reports state clearly. Well, let me, let me, let me work up to it just, just a little bit. I'll hit you the headlines and, um, and then go through his explanation. couple of bullet points. Humans have, humans have had no detectable impact on hurricanes over the past century. Mm-hmm. Greenland's ice sheet isn't shrieking any more rapidly today than it was 80 years ago. The global area burned by wildfires has declined more than 25% since 2003, and 2020 is one of the lowest years on record. Why haven't you heard these facts before? He said these are almost certainly not the only climate facts that you haven't heard, um, and they might surprise you. He'll go through a couple more. Basic literature and government reports state clearly that heat waves in the U.S. are now no more common than they were in the 1900s. Wow. Every year when it's hot, we're told that this is the hottest summer ever in the history of the world. Well, yeah, hot, rainy, dry, windy. The warmest temperatures in the U.S. have not risen in the past 50 years. He said, when I tell people this, most are incredulous. Some gasp. Some are downright hostile. Again, why haven't you heard these facts before? Uh, I began uh in late 2013 when I was asked by the American Physical Society to lead an update of its public statement on climate. They were the ones putting out the information and wanting to have the conversation. As part of that effort in January 2014 I convened a workshop with a specific objective to stress test the state of climate science. I love that sort of thing. It's like sure. a, it's like apologetic, apologetics in the church. It's, you know, coming up with arguments trying to find all your flaws. In,
2: in your arguments so that you can handle them better. Well, that's the very idea of peer review, too, which was one of the cornerstones of modern science.
0: I came away from the workshop not only surprised but shaken by the realization that climate science was far less mature than I had supposed. And here's what I discovered. Humans exert a growing but physically small warming influence on the climate. The results from many different climate models disagree with or even contradict each other and many kinds of observations. In short, the science is insufficient to make useful predictions about how the climate will change over the coming decades, much less what effect our actions would have on it. In the seven years since that workshop, I watched with dismay as the public discussions of climate and energy became increasingly distant from the science. Phrases like, climate emergency... Climate crisis and climate disaster are now routinely bandied about to support sweeping policy proposals to, quote, fight climate change with government interventions and subsidies. Not surprisingly, the Biden administration has made climate and energy a major priority infused throughout the government with the appointment of John Kerry as climate envoy and proposed spending of almost two trillion dollars to fight this, quote, existential threat to humanity. Trillion-dollar decisions about reducing human influences on the climate should be informed by accurate understanding of scientific certainties and uncertainties. My late Nobel Prize-winning Caltech colleague Richard Feynman was one of the greatest physicists of the 20th century, and at the 1974 Caltech commencement, he gave a now-famous address titled Cargo Cult Science about the rigor scientists must adopt to avoid fooling not only themselves, Give all the information to help others judge the value of your contribution, not just the information that leads to judgment in one particular direction or another, he implored. Much of the public portrayal of climate science ignores the great late physicist's advice. In an effort to persuade rather than inform, and the information presented withholds either essential context or what doesn't fit, Scientists write and too casually review the reports. Reporters uncritically report them. Editors allow this to happen. Activists and their organizations fan the fires of alarm. And experts endorse the deception by keeping silent. As a result, the constant repetition of these and many other climate fallacies are turned into accepted truths known as, quote, the science. He ends with, and he's got a book out called Unsettled, What Climate Science Tells Us what it doesn't, and why it matters. And his name is Dr. Coonan. Again, he was Undersecretary of Science in the Climate Department uh, under Obama. I assume he's not some right-wing lunatic. Um, This has happened so many times before in our history, where scientists grab onto a narrative, they realize which direction the wind is it's It's really why we stayed in Afghanistan. It's how the war in Iraq got started. You just... You know, experts in whatever field, they get an idea of which direction the wind is blowing, and if you mm. want to keep your job, which side of this you want to be on, and you start looking for stuff that supports it, you start ignoring stuff that gets in the way of it, and it just it becomes a freight train.
2: Right, it's, con- it's confirmation bias writ large, and it's reinforced by the fact that the government gives out the bulk of science grants And if the administration in power clearly wants one result, well, you give it to them.
0: And this has become so overwhelmingly the 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 uh, agreed upon stance that you're a you know flatulence in an elevator to to say otherwise. And that's why so many leading Republicans now say, "Of course, I agree in man made climate change," and it consider just because it's you're considered a crazy if you don't at this point.
2: Right. Well, you're not allowed at the table. The, the policy table you're not even allowed to discuss that.: I wish we lived in a world
0: where this guy's book and this column would get more tread than it's going to i'll bet I'll bet it doesn't come up on any of the talk shows this weekend. I wonder if he'll get on uh, a Good Morning America or Today Show or any of these shows with his really thought out, well- reasoned, takes it apart, piece by piece
2: um lecture. Right. Well, there have been better thought out in written screeds than the one you're about to hear out of my mouth. But there's a secular religion these days, and it has a couple of aspects to it. One of them is climate change. The other is is some of the racial stuff. But to question the dogma of the religion, you just denied your seat at the table. You're a heretic. What you say, how you back it up, what studies you've done, uh, if you could point out flaws in that you don't even get that far. Because you're a heretic, and that's the great thing about uh de- declaring people heretics or racists or whatever you you never get their pushback you you never get challenged by them
0: yeah um and uh, I like him quoting the uh, the nobel prize winning dude about how it's so easy to even fool ourselves if we're not really really careful as um scientists as people who study whatever uh and again he he's not denying man-made climate change he just says it's small and there's no agreed upon how we stop it or how long it would take or what we would need to do so Mm -hmm. throwing trillions of dollars at it
2: what Right. I'm persuaded as I mentioned I think it was on Friday's show with the idea of hey, let's let's uh, not spend trillions of dollars on the current technology which is not nearly good enough to to substitute for fossil fuel. Let's spend, you know, a fraction of that on super aggressive research into other means of producing energy and go that route.
0: I hope there are Republican politicians that are curious enough or smart enough to grab that information and and use it as an argument.
2: Yeah, yeah, I hope so too. I just don't want the kids' uh, money squandered. I don't care if I'm, you know, burning gasoline or, or, or riding an electric car that's powered by unicorn farts or whatever. I just, I don't care personally. Work? I just want it to be. <laughs> How would that urine unicorn car work? Well, there are unicorn
0: farms that would have to be set up, and they'd have to be put in cages. Do you put some sort of like a contraption on their buttocks and then oh, like they flatulate into it all night long? Yes. And, yes. Then yes. That, and then you take
2: that battery of some sort and put it in your car and drive? Well, some of the details are yet to be worked out, but yeah, those are the broad outlines. You and, feed the unicorns high-fiber diets. And then what would your MPUF be on your average car? <laughs> again, again, the technology is in the developing stages, Jack, but we will have answers for you very soon. <laughs> Hard fart primary. <laughs> Thank you for your investment. UFT, uniform, <laughs> Unicorn Fart Technology.
0: Oh, yeah, I get 30 MP UF on this thing. <laughs> wow, really? really? Nice. Yeah. And it's
2: roomy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but then I, sp- oh. I actually spend more feeding the unicorns than so it's a really a wash.
2: Yeah. Uh, a couple of the big auto manufacturers are out with their brand new electric vehicles that are supposed to compete with Tesla, and some of them are pretty darn impressive. Speaking of Tesla,
0: we're going to the moon soon, part of Elon Musk's plan to get to Mars, among other things on the way.
4: Armstrong and Getty.